Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. sections. Can you guys scrunch towards the middle aisle? That would help us on the sides for anybody coming late, because I guarantee you somebody's coming at 1045 today, like, when when did it start? Um, But um, even though we've been announcing it for three full months, but hey, Couple announcements before we get going. Um, all my men, tune me in instead of tuning me out like when you watch a football show or a football game, football show. How, how metrosexual was that? Um, I don't watch football. I just dress nice. Um, but uh, tune me in right now. Um, if you were planning on coming to our FC men's night, we've got a kickoff that was scheduled to happen for tomorrow night. That is no longer happening tomorrow night. We missed somehow... We miss that the NCAA National Championship is happening tomorrow night. And we understand God loves football too. So um, go Cowboys, anybody, anybody? Um, Yeah, go Cowboys. Um, Dallas Cowboys, let me clarify that. Somebody's gonna be like, look at that, he's no OSU fan. No, I'm not. Um, But uh, we decided to move that to this Tuesday. So we're not doing it on the 7th. We are moving our FC men's kickoff to our discipleship that's going to be meeting all over Tulsa and small groups, mentoring groups. But our kickoff service is going to happen this Tuesday, January 8th at 630 right here. So December, December, January 8th, 6.30, right here. We will be meeting, not tomorrow. I know it's all over everything, but we made the change yesterday because that's what we like to do. We're all about a speedboat instead of a cruise ship. So um, second thing is this, we are hosting, not me, we have a couple in our church that is hosting a marriage intensive for parents of teens and tweens, teens and tweens. This is gonna be a marriage intensive that is hosted at the Frank's house. They have just had both of their kids graduate college. They are not that far removed of where I am and where some of you are. And I've gotta tell you, we've got very limited spots open. Casey and I are actually planning on attending this. Let me repeat that. We are not teaching, we are attending this to get better um, because Casey and I, are you guys, some of you are like, oh, are you guys about, are you in trouble? No, 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 no. But what we understand is this, it's way easier to keep a marriage in great shape than get it there. 
Um, and some of you, man, you say, well, I'm just busy. We don't have time. You make time for what you want to make time for. And man, put the time in. Being, being a parent of a tween and a teen is a tricky thing. And staying and having a great marriage is a really tricky thing as well. And so this is going to be a meeting where we're meeting with some people that are going to share their, their victories, their defeats. So if you want to do that, get on our website, foundationschurch.tv, hit connect, and you'll see the marriage intensive right underneath there. You can click on it, sign up. I think we only have four spots available. So if you want to do that, come hang out. We're going to have some great food and just really push each other to have great, great marriages because it's one thing to have a resolution. Um, it's a, what, another thing to put work in and see that resolution become a reality. Today, we're in a new series called Sheep, Giants, and Voices. Sheep, Giants, and Voices. And next week, we're, this is all a series really about David, not necessarily David and Goliath. But next week, I am pumped about the, the message. I'm gonna be talking about what are the voices in your head. Um, and some of you are like, you're crazy. Um, no, you're crazy. Um, you're hearing voices in your head. And it's amazing how Israel for 40 days was stalled just by Goliath's voice. And what are you letting stall you out? We're gonna be talking about that next week. But this week, I love this message. So, um, and this is gonna be a great series that I've just been waiting to come. So um, today I want to talk to you about kind of ovens and Instapots. Ovens and Instapots. If you don't know what an Instapot is, you're going to learn. So welcome. About to impart some knowledge up in here. So um, <clears throat> it's New Year's. We have resolutions. Um, some of us in this place, it's, it's like we do this every year. We have resolutions. We have goals. And that's a great thing. I'm a fan of resolutions. I'm a fan of goals. And so I started Googling what are the top 2019 resolutions for this year. And they came back as this. Number one, to eat healthier. Boring. Um, number two, exercise more. Number three, lose weight. So I'm seeing a trend here. Um, number four, save more and spend less. Number five, learn a new skill or hobby. Number six, quit smoking. Number seven, read more. Boring. Um, number eight, find another job. Number nine, drink less alcohol. I promise I didn't put that in as your pastor. And number 10, spend more time with family and friends. Now, I, I love New Year's resolutions. Hopefully you've made some. Hopefully you've made goals. Um, but, but here's the problem with New Year's resolutions. 60% of us make a New Year's resolution, but only 8% of us see those resolutions become a reality. Somewhere between the making and the seeing, something happens. And, and I really think this message today will help you with your New Year's resolutions. But I, I truly believe in my heart that there is something that's even bigger than our New Year's resolutions going on. Um, we love to make the resolution and, and we have this moment and we're gonna come out and we're gonna eat healthy for two weeks. But, but hear me, and, and you're in the midst of eating healthy and you're hangry and you're grumpy right now because you've been eating carrots and celery um, with a little bit of peanut butter and you're just like, I hate this life right now. Listen to me just for a second. Two weeks of eating healthy isn't going to make your resolution become a reality. I know, bummer. Go eat a Twinkie, right? Like, let's just go do this. Um, um, two weeks of exercise isn't going to help your resolution. Here, here's the big one. I saw this posted and it cracked me up. Just because you decide to be financially responsible for one or two months doesn't mean that you're going to get out of your financial problem that you are in. It's got to become more than you just having a moment. But I think that we really become a slave of the moment. 
We, we love moments. We, we love having this. Yes, I ate good, and we post pictures, and we put it online, and, you know, and it's great, and we're having this moment, but, but there's got to be something more than us just having this moment, this resolve, because it's going to be a process that you and I have, have to go through, and that's where lies the problem. You and I hate going through a process, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Our, 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 excuse me, our text is going to be found in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Let me set up the text for you. What's going on? This isn't just about David and Goliath. <clears throat> it's way bigger than that. Israel um, in the Old Testament had what they called judges. And the last judge ever recorded was a guy named Samuel. Some of you have read the books, First and Second Samuel. Some of you haven't. They're great books in the Bible. But Samuel was the last prophet. Samuel was a godly, godly man. And Israel came to this place where they were tired of having judges rule over them. They wanted to be like all the other nations. And there's a message in that um, that's not the message for today. But um, they wanted to be like all the other nations. And they said, we want a king. And God's like, "Mm, I don't think you do. And they kept demanding, we want a king, we want a king. And God's like, hey, Samuel, give them what they want. And so Samuel went out and he found a guy named Saul. And Saul looked good. Saul was tall. Um, he was, he looked great. He was, he, you know, he looked athletic. Um, he, he, he looked the part, he looked very kingly, um, and he made Saul king and and Saul started off great. You know, he had this moment, he became the king. Um, he had some great moments, but something happened. Saul started assuming roles that weren't his to assume. Saul started doing things that he was never supposed to do. He started taking over priestly duties at one point. He, uh, he uh, got advice from a, a witch and was asking her stuff. And at this point, God is like, you know what? I'm done with Saul. Saul is no longer going to be king. This, this kingdom is not going to be passed down to his son and their son and generation after generation like it had most of the time in other countries. David, uh, excuse me, God looks at Samuel and says, hey, we're going to make a new king. And this makes Samuel super sad, um, super upset. And, and God kind of comes in and just talks to Samuel and says, hey, stop crying, stop being a big baby and get up, stop mourning over Saul is actually what he says. Stop crying over Saul, but Saul, I loved you. Um, you know, stop crying over Saul. There's a new man, there's a new sheriff in town. And that's kind of where we pick up in 1 Samuel 16. And so uh, Samuel comes to this guy named Jesse, who's got, Jesse had many sons and many sons. Um, anyway, that's Father Abraham. But Jesse has a lot of sons. Some of you are like, wait, that's not right. Um, Jesse has a lot of sons, <clears throat> And comes in and uh, he, he passes all his sons in front of Samuel like, oh, this is, this is you know, the, the firstborn was big and tall and I mean, just buff and he looked awesome. He looked great. And Samuel's like, that's gotta be it. And God's like, don't look at the outward appearance. That's not the one. And Jesse passes all his sons in front of Samuel. And Samuel's like, is this is it? None of these are the king. He's like, is this all the sons you have? And Jesse says, well, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, there's one son. I didn't even pull up for you to consider to be king. Think about that. Like you have dad issues. Think about that issue. Like you didn't even ask me to be considered, you know, and he calls him out of the message. It says, there's the runt tending the sheep. And they, they finally, like Samuel's like, well, hold the phone here. We're gonna wait until that runt comes up and then we'll proceed 
um, with all the happenings and the charades and the dinner and the party and all that stuff. And so that's where we pick up 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 12 through 13. It says this, so Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome. In biblical terms, that means he was fine. Like, he was fine um, with beautiful eyes, right? So dark, handsome, and great eyes. Um, and the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took a flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Here's what I want us to understand. First thing from this, from this text is moments bring discovery, but development brings significance. Moments bring discovery, but development brings significance. <clears throat> David had an amazing moment. And it was in front of his brothers and his dad. And it says that he was anointed king of Israel. And it says this, and, at the, and the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. David, okay, if you grew up in church, it's gonna totally make sense to you. David had a really awesome youth camp moment, right? Like, I am a huge fan of camp. This is a shameless plug for camp. My life was changed at kids camp. That's where I got saved. I got called into the ministry when I went to youth camp. Um, I realized my purpose. And David has this amazing, incredible moment, youth camp moment, if you want to say, with the Lord. And he doesn't just have it alone. He has it in front of his brothers and his dad. And that's the only people that know. It's really done in secret. But here's the deal is that David wasn't just all of a sudden having this amazing moment and this, there was something else that happened after this moment. And, and I gotta tell you, as somebody that had some amazing camp moments, I've had some amazing moments in my walk with the Lord. What has helped me really develop into the man that God is wanting me to still become and the person of God that he's asking me to become wasn't just the moment because the moment brought discovery. Okay, this is what you want me to do with my life. Okay, you're the savior and, and, and the, you know, the Lord of my life. There, there was some amazing moments along the way, but it was the development along the way. It was when I got home from camp it's when I went to school. It's when I was at home every day. It was allowing God to continue to develop me that I am seeing that's bringing the significance of all that God wanted to do in me. And if you and I aren't careful, we can become a slave to discovery. We, we love the discovery moments, right? We love watching The Voice. We love watching American Idol or America's Got Talent, whatever your vice is. We love those overnight success stories. And we're like, yes, that is awesome. That is incredible. Wow, what an amazing. And they get discovered and they've discovered their purpose. Like, yes, this is going to be awesome. And this is going to be great. But can I tell you, God is way more about developing than he is about you being discovered. He is way more about taking you through the process of development than he is you being an overnight sensation. And if we're not careful, we can get caught up in being the overnight sensation. Here's what I've noticed in this story. And it's the first time, and I wrote this down yesterday, and I was like, oh, that is good. I mean, I had to say it out loud while I'm prepping. Um, I was like, that, David was anointed, right? He was anointed the king of Israel. 
And, so, and David could have stopped there. And what has happened for a lot of us, we've been anointed, we've discovered our purpose, but we've never walked in the anointing. We had a moment, but we didn't continue to allow God to do the process. And what's happening is a dilemma is happening in our churches and in our society. We know what our purpose is. We know how to live the life of significance, but we won't allow God to take us through the process of development to get us there. And we just kind of stagnate and we sit there and the question, this morning is how have you changed lately? 2018 is come and gone. How did you change in 2018 or did you change? Is your life still the same? Because if it is, I've got kind of bad news for you. You become in love with the, you become more in love with the moment than you have the process. And I got to tell you, you're not alone. You shouldn't feel bad. It's just something we can get caught up in. But here's what I would tell you is this. If you've kind of gotten stuck in the moment, don't stop at the first click. Don't stop at the first click. Um, There's something that happens to me all the time. When I go uh, to a gas station to to drive in, um, let me say this. If you go to the gas station and you only fill your car like to a quarter of the way full or halfway, I don't understand the world you live in. Like, I don't understand. You probably do common core math and it makes sense to you. Like, I just, I'm like, why why would you do that? But um, if, if... this happens to me, it happened to me yesterday. I'm going to get gas. I grab the gas pump. I throw it on. I put the automatic gas pump clicker thing on and the little tab that sticks into the gas pump. Um, and I'm going, I'm throwing stuff away in my car and I hear click. I was like, wow, that was fast. And I looked over and I was like, oh, it's not done. And I did it again, click. I'm like, dang it, I know what that means. It means that I'm gonna have to take a big pain in the rear and like hold it. And you can't just hold it all the way because then it keeps clicking, right? You gotta find like that sweet spot. It's not too much, it's not too little. You just like, you just kind of balance it. And when you find it, you're like, oh yeah, that's where it's at. Um, and you just kind of let it fill because you realize the reason you don't stop at the first click is because you realize there's more room, right? You realize you can go farther without more delays if you will allow yourselves to go through the pain of pumping more gas, even though you've heard a click. And can I tell you what is true of a gas pump in your car is true of your spiritual walk with the Lord. Some of us have stopped at our first moment. We stopped at the first click and we had this amazing moment of discovering God, or we've had this amazing moment of discovering discovering our purpose, but somewhere along the way, we stopped. And you need to know your life has got way more potential than what you're allowing to be lived out. Don't stop at the first click. Says this in John chapter 15, verse one through two, it says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. He cuts back, he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. I love what the commentary said. It says, God cares for and about each branch and makes them more fruitful. Even through pruning, even pulling back and cutting back in our lives, God must sometimes cut back in our lives to produce and to strengthen our character and faith so we can produce more fruit. Can I tell you, when you go through the pruning process, it's not fun. It's painful sometimes. 
Like, but, but why are you, why are you taking me through this process? Why are, why does development have to be so hard? Not so that it, he doesn't want to take you down the easy road. He wants to take you down the fruitful road so that your life can be lived with significance and purpose. And it makes a difference for his kingdom so that it points to him and not you. It's almost like Isaiah said. Isaiah said, you are the potter and I'm the clay. Right? It's not my business to tell you what to do. It's your business to keep making and forming and shaping me into who you have designed and desire me to be all along. But that doesn't happen if we don't go through the process. But, but here's one big thing I've learned and I've found about the process. You won't find development where you find pity. You won't find development where you find pity. Pity comes in many forms. It comes in a lot of shapes and sizes and looks different. But can I tell you, it's most common form is griping and complaining, right? Like we got really quiet just now. We were all laughing, gas pump, common core math. Um, but now we're talking about, oh, griping and complaining, right? Like when you start that diet, can I tell you, I am the worst dieter in the world. I hate eating healthy. I know it's good for me, but I don't want to do it. I like sugar too much. Give me the sugar. Give me the calories. But I, I, development, where there's pity, there's not development. Because development has no time for pity. Because pity's busy complaining and griping instead of being fruitful and faithful. And you can't be complaining and griping and having pity on yourself while you're being fruitful and faithful. I want you to check out what is happening the next time we catch up with David and his life. What has occurred? What is happening with David? He's just been anointed king. And the next mention of David is found in 1 Samuel 16, verse 9. It says this, so Saul sent messengers to Jesse to say, send me your son, David, the shepherd. Not, not the chosen one, Right? Send me your son, David, the chosen one. Send me your son, David, the anointed one. No. Send me your son, David, the shepherd. It doesn't say that David, like, there, there's, no, there's no account. From, from that point on, there's no account of David going, you know what, Dad? I've been anointed. I'm the next king. I'm a pretty big deal. And so I know you're wanting me to go watch the sheep, but nah. And if you don't like it, I'm gonna rule over you someday, right? Like, like I will be bigger than you one day, right? <laughs> like, like, no, 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 he doesn't say, do, 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 you, know, do you know who I am? Do you, do you know? I, I'm kind of above this now because I am anointed. I am the chosen. He, he doesn't have this. No, he went back to shepherding and he went back to being developed because he understood the process of development always took and always takes humility. And humility isn't something we like to talk about, but can I tell you, humility listens instead of talks. It learns instead of knowing it all. It's okay obeying even sometimes when it doesn't make sense and doesn't get credit, and it works even when it doesn't get the credit for working. And that is totally counterculture to what you and I are experiencing right now in our culture, right? We don't mind doing the work as long as we can post about it. We don't mind doing the work as long as we get credit for it. But man, that's a process of development. 
and preparation. And some of us, just like David never said this, some of us, we are going through a process that God wants to take us through of developing us, but we get caught up and we do say stuff like, do you, do you, do you, you, want, you, want, me to, you want me to do what? Like, do, do you know what kind of college degree I have? I have a master's. That means I'm a master of something. Like, I, how cool does that sound? Like, I don't have a master's degree. I would rather have the master's than the PhD because I am a master of theology. You know, I'm a master of math. You know, I, it sounds awesome. I, 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 I have more knowledge than that. Well, I didn't know it was gonna be this much hard work. I didn't, I didn't know it was gonna take this long. And instead of being faithful and fruitful, we complain and gripe. And instead of going through the pasture of preparation and, and tending the sheep, man, we just gripe our way through it. And the question is this, man, we, how are you handling your preparation? How are you handling the development? Because what has been made clear to me and what has probably been made clear to a lot of you is we want the payoff without the preparation. Man, we want the check without the work. We want the stage without the training. We want the audience without crafting our skills, but that's not how God works. And as you look at it, man, you just start looking at everything. David spent five years from the moment he was anointed king before we ever met Goliath. I'm not even talking about before he became king of Israel. That was a long time after Goliath. And you talk about a process of development. Woo, read. Just get in there and read the Bible. He spent five years from when he was anointed and his brothers and his dad knew he was anointed to be the next king of Israel. Nobody treated him different. He knew he was destined for greatness and to do great things. But he still went through a process of development and preparation. Jesus spent 30 years for a three-year ministry. And yet we want to pay off without going through any preparation. That's not how it works. How it works is this, is that you've got to start learning to own the errands and the sheep. You've got to learn to own the errands and the sheep. God, most of the time, he works like a, a, an oven instead of a, an instant pot. I almost want to stay neti pot every time. That's just gross. An instant pot, maybe you don't know what an instant pot is. An instant pot is, it's like a, a crock pot, but cooler in essence. You can decide that you want to cook a brisket at noon and be like, oh yeah, I totally forgot. Throw it in this bad boy, throw some seasoning, set it and forget it, right? Um, you can set it and forget it. And then like three hours later, it's done. You're like, oh, that didn't take long. And here's the deal. This is cool. This is great. This is fantastic. And last pitch efforts to kind of do dinner. I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not an Instapot hater by any means. So you ladies, you can kind of focus in and still stay connected. And guys, you can too. But if, if, if we're making brisket at my house, I don't want it in no janky Instapot. I'm just telling you, Casey makes a great brisket. 
and she seasons it the night before, and, and she puts it in the oven on a low heat the night before, and when I wake up, that aroma smacks me in the face. Like, I'm like, oh, dear Jesus, I'm having brisket, right? <laughs> like, I got bronchitis. I mean, I'm, I am excited about it. I go, I go to work, and I come back, and I come in. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're having brisket. Casey doesn't have to announce what she has made and prepared. It is meeting me, but this is self-contained. This is all just like you don't know what's being prepared until they take the pot off and all the pressure comes out and then you're like oh okay here here it is and can I tell you a lot of us we want God to work fast but fast doesn't bring significance we want God to work fast but God is more worried about doing it right than fast and in God's process of things he's going to make sure you are the right person before he gives you the right place. And he wants to make sure you're who before you ever experience your what. And you can come in and if you want to live a self-contained life that nobody else really, really doesn't impact anybody else, ask God to do it fast. But if you want your life to bring significance that you don't have to tell other people you're anointed, it's just the moment you walk into rooms, the moment that you walk into situations, the presence of God is walking in with you. Man, allow God to take you through the pasture of your process. Allow him to take you through the process of development. Allow him to keep moving and to keep forming and to keep working in your life. And you won't have to tell anybody that you're destined for greatness. You won't have to tell anybody you're anointed because the aroma of God's anointing will go with you wherever you go. You look at the two kings, Saul was an instapot king, and we just talk about him and his failures and the things that he's done wrong. But here we are thousands and thousands of years later talking about King David. He wasn't perfect. He had all kinds of problems, but he lived a life that had significance and has influenced a nation in the world still that, that many years later. And if you want your life to be lived with significance, hear me got to own the sheep and the Aaron moments. It says this in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 17 through 20. One day Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. David was the first original Grubhub driver, right? And give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain and see how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. And he arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. I'm, I'm gonna stop here. I just need to preach for a second. Um, I, I, got, I, know, I know I'm running low on time here. If you're not faithful in your errands, this was not what David was anointed for. You shall be the most anointed errand boy in the world, taking loaves and fishes and bread to your brothers. That's not, that's not what his purpose was. That's not what his discovery moment entitled. But he owned being 
the errand boy. He owned being faithful in what his father asked him. He owned what seemed insignificant. And when he owned and he was responsible and he did not neglect the pasture of preparation, can I tell you, him being faithful and running the little errands brought him to his Goliath, brought him to his destiny, brought him to his giant. And he was trained by the time he got there to take down the giant. And if you will just be faithful instead of griping and complaining and you will allow God to prepare you and to develop you, eventually he will bring you to your giant. He will bring you to your valley. He will bring you to your Goliath and you will be prepped and you will be prepared because you owned what other people wouldn't own. You allowed God to develop you and to prepare you even when nobody else was watching, even when there was no, no, no audience, even when there was no crowd. You were crafting your craft. You were preparing yourself. You had the moments and you were ready. It says this in 1 Samuel 17, 31 through 36, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul and Saul sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine, talking about Goliath. Your servant will go and fight him. And Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy. And he's been fighting, a, he's been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. He hasn't been slacking off. He hasn't been griping. He hasn't been complaining. He's been faithfully keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. What a man. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Can I tell you, David was made a giant killer way before he ever made his giant. And if you don't own the sheep and if you don't own the errands and if you don't own the part-time musician moments, you will never encounter your bear and lion moments. And the bear and the lion moments are what prepare you for your giant moments. Your bear and your lion moments is what gets you up and starts starts working you ready to, to, once you have the stage, you don't fall on your face because you own the pasture of preparation. You owned the moment when nobody else would stop worrying about a crowd and start worrying about being developed by the Lord because he wants to do great things in you. Because if you go take down your bear and your lions, I got news for you, you won't take down your Goliath. If, if you don't, Position yourself to be in the pasture, to be faithfully tending the sheep. You don't want to do this? Man, you, 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 you thought life would be better than the position you're in? Can I tell you, God is still preparing you, and he's still developing you where you are and you got to learn to practice your magic in the dark man you got to learn to practice when nobody else is, is working I call it this with Chloe um, she plays basketball I'm like Chloe if you're gonna be better than anybody everybody else and I mean everybody else um, you got to do work and she's like work and I'm like work and that means get out on the driveway and shoot while nobody else is shooting get out on the driveway and dribble while nobody else is dribbling you're getting better even though you don't have an audience you're not playing against another team and you don't have any teammates watching and we want to be great when we're on the court 
but we don't wanna be great at putting in the practice. And that's true for us in our lives as dads, as moms, as spouses, as followers of God, as businessmen. Man, start doing the work that God has placed you in. Start being fruitful, start being faithful, start doing what God has. He's got you in your pasture for a reason. Don't waste your pasture. Don't waste your waiting, but let it prepare you. Let it develop you because your Goliath is coming. Be faithful in the errands. Be faithful in tending the sheep. Own it, man. Own it. Don't slough it off. Don't shrug it off, but own the sheep and the errand and the part-time musician moments because God is still developing you. He's still working in you to do a great and amazing thing. If you will just own the sheep and shepherd moments and those, those moments where you're just all alone. If you will own that, God can use you because you're willing to embrace the development that he wants to take you in. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. God, I ask right now that you would speak to our hearts. God, God I pray that this morning we would take a real honest look at have we truly changed because growing equals changing, God. Changing means we're growing. Have, have we allowed you to cut us back? Have we allowed you to keep developing us? Or have somewhere along the way did we become more about the moments than the development? And so God, I pray that in this place, we take an honest assessment, an honest look at our lives. And we would allow you to do a work in our lives that we've been putting off. God, God, I pray that in this place that we would realize where you have us at is on purpose. It's not an accident that we are where we are. It wasn't an accident that David was in that pasture and that he encountered lions and he encountered bears. It doesn't mean that our pasture of preparation is going to be easy. It just means that you are preparing us there. And so God, I pray, don't, don't, don't just let us be anointed, but let us learn to walk in that anointing. Lord, don't let us just have a moment with you, but I pray that we would have a, a lifetime of preparation with you. Speak to us, move in us, and Lord, let us let you do the work when nobody else is watching. So that God, once we get to the stage, once we come to the plate, God, we knock it out of the park. Once we face our giants, we take them down. And we don't run in fear. Gotta pray, moving us. And let us become more like the people of God that you're desiring us to become. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. If you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We wanna give you a chance to change that. This morning you may be here and maybe you're just not where you should be in your relationship with God and you need a moment this morning. There's a moment that is waiting 
for you. It doesn't stop there, but you need this awakening moment in your spirit, in your soul. I'm gonna count to three, and if that's you, you just say, man, I need to get things right. I need to make Jesus Christ the, the Lord and Savior of my life for the first time. I need that moment to happen. When I count to three, all I want you to do is raise your hand, and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life. We're not gonna embarrass you. We're not gonna lead you in another room. We're just gonna invite the Lord to have a moment with you right in your seat. One, two, Three, is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one, there's two. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. You say, Justin, that's me today. Man, there's a, there's a moment that I need to have happen in my life because somewhere along the way I've drifted or you've never experienced it. Is there anyone else? You join these hands that are lifted. There's one other hand. Is there anyone else? You join these three hands this morning as we get ready to go before the Lord. You raise your hand if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess that I have sinned, that I've messed up, that I'm not where I should be, but I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace, your love, your mercy would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Can we give these three individuals that raised their hand a huge round of applause this morning? Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.